the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Well, Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everybody. Ron Geyer with 2024 End Time Insights. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God has laid it on my heart to really dig in to the Word of God. I think I mentioned that last year. And, you know, we always teach the Word of God. I'm a Bible teacher. I love the Word of God. I don't want to give you stories. I don't want to give you my opinion. I want to just open up Scripture, give you the Word of God and what God talks to you about. And I'm giving you the Word of God, but this year I want to really hone in on getting the Word of God. You know, you go to church on Sunday and we hear it and it gets into our head. And then as we meditate on it, muse on it, the Holy Spirit gives us revelation and it goes into our hearts. And that's great, but we don't want to leave you there. We want to make sure that it gets down to your feet. We want to make sure that you're living and breathing and doing the Word of God. You're not just hearing it and listening because the Bible talks about don't just be a doer of the Word, but be a hearer only. Because it's not just those that hear the word of God that are blessed. It's those that do the word of God. And Jesus said plainly, why call me Lord and do not the things that I've told you to do? And that's Christianity, doing the word of God, living the word of God. So today we're going to continue on. Don't forget the foundation scripture, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And down in verse 14, and the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so right there you have the history of the word of God, that the word of God is the Lord Jesus Christ who was there at the beginning. The word was God and the word was with God. And if you wonder, well, who is that? Verse 14 tells you the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That was Jesus. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten son of the father. Hallelujah. Full of grace and truth. So then we're talking about the Word of God. I think I'm going to start in Psalm 119. There's probably near 40 or so references to thy word, characteristics of the word, what the word meant to the psalmist, what the word meant to some of these writers, what the word does for us, our attitudes toward the word. And I'm going to start in Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we're going to focus today on the word of God being light, being a light unto us, for us. Don't forget, we're the kingdom of light. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of his dear son. One of the practical functions of God's word is to keep us, to deliver us from darkness. You know, the world walks in darkness. Remember when Jesus came and the world And the land has seen great light. That light was Jesus, the word of God. 
So the practical function of God's word is to keep us from stumbling, to keep us out of darkness. This is a promise that's conditional upon us receiving God's word. You've got to receive God's word, God's word and the Bible on the pages of the book doesn't help you at all. You've got to read it. You've got to study it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to believe it. You've got to start obeying it and living it. Then it will produce light in your life too. Not only light in your way, but for others as well. Amen. So then God's word, it's also always absolute. You know, the promises of God are conditional. We must receive the word of God and there's really no gray areas to the word of God. It is either or it isn't. It's light. It's not dark. It's true. It's not error. It's eternal. It doesn't end. The word of God is absolute. The Bible says the things that are seen are temporal, but the unseen things, the word of God, the written word of God, our faith, these things are eternal. Hallelujah. So the word of God serves two purposes. First, it lights our footsteps. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It lights our footsteps. There need be no stumbling in Christianity, saints. We need to be walking worthy of the call of God unto all pleasing. We need to be straightforward. Don't forget, we're walking on the narrow path, right? So it lights our footsteps. There's no need. We need not stumble. We've been delivered from darkness. Hallelujah. The word has given light to our steps. We don't grope around in the dark. The word serves as a lamp in the places where we walk. Don't forget, it lights a lamp unto my feet. That means we're moving. That means we're about business of the Father, the business of the Lord, obeying the Word of God, doing the Word of God, enacting the Word of God in our lives. There's no need. We shouldn't be stumbling. We shouldn't be lost. The Word gives light. We don't grope around in the dark. The Word serves as a lamp in the places where we walk. If we are walking around in the dark, it, the Word, or He, Jesus, gives us light. This can also be taken in a figurative, spiritual kind of sense. When we find ourselves in darkness, when we seem like we are lost, the Word will light our way. Secondly, the Word not only gives light to our feet, to our steps, but it also lightens the path that we are walking on. I love that. Yes, it lightens our feet and where we walk, but it also lightens the path upon which we are walking on. And what path is that, saints? Well, we know it's the narrow path, right? As Christians, it had better be that narrow path. God's word will provide light on that path so as to keep us from falling off that path, from drifting off that path or turning off that path or making a wrong turn because we can't see. There is no excuses for Christians to be lost. If we stay in the word of God, that will not happen. We eliminate so much potential for error in our lives when we make the word of God priority number one. The expanded version of Psalm 119.105, your word is like a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. It shows how life should be lived. I love that. That's pretty simple. It shows how life should be lived. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. Man's way will lead to death. God's way leads to eternal life. It shows us how our lives are to be lived. What an advantage we have over those who don't live by the word of God. There are many such promises like that in the Bible, and God's word will give you that light on all of them. What treasure the Lord has laid aside for his people that the world doesn't have. And once again, unfortunately, if a Christian is not reading their Bible, if a Christian is not studying their Bible, they're not getting the advantages that this light gives either. So many Christians are walking in darkness. I don't understand it. There's only one way to walk in the light, and that is Jesus. He is the light. Amen? 
Proverbs 2 and 6, the living Bible says, The Lord gives wisdom. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. Look at this. You've got light. We see where God's word has provided light, not only for your feet, but for the path that you're walking on. Now we find out that God's word gives wisdom. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. If you were to study your Bible, you would learn that not only does the Lord give wisdom, you would soon discover that the Lord also is wisdom. Jesus Christ is wisdom. That's what I wish you to keep in mind as we go through this study. I'm not just giving you verses, giving you things to memorize, giving you an introduction to the Word of God. I am giving you the person of the Lord Jesus Christ himself for you to know. And you know him by the Word. If you don't know the Word of God, you will never know the Lord Jesus Christ. As he reveals himself to us in his Word, we will build intimacy with him. So far, we have met him, A, as light, right? And now we're meeting him as wisdom. The picture that the Word paints, the God that's revealed will become your personal Savior. He'll become your friend. He'll become your Lord. You will not be able to ever again shy away from reading your Bible. Why? Because you're studying the Word. You're meeting with someone. You're meeting with a person, not just the book. You've got the author of the book inside you. He will become your all-consuming passion. You will choose to love the world. Uses the phrase, you will fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Bible. No, if you were falling in love, that would connotate that you are emotionally led. But the Bible says the children of God are not emotionally led. They're led by the Spirit of God. That's why, well, I fell in love with my husband. No, you didn't. You chose to love him. You made an intentional decision. I'm going to love this man. And your actions and your heart followed that decision. Well, it's the same way with the Bible. Don't fall in love with the Bible. Intentionally choose to love the Bible. Read the Bible and meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Studying the Word, meeting with the person, and not just the book, will become your all-consuming passion. Taking advantage of what God's done for you, reading about it, and meeting with the hero of the story, every day it's going to do things for you, things that you've never imagined. 1 Corinthians 2.9, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Many pastors and preachers, they, they've been taught, they're teaching, and they think that they're talking about heaven, that this passage refers to the things that God has up for us in heaven, stored away for some future date. No. Even now, the ignorant teachers of the prosperity message are trying to make this about things, telling us that Paul had a materialistic mindset. My goodness. These are not talking about material blessings. These are both mistaken. They are talking about the wisdom of God. Neither group has taken time to study and let the Word of God grow in them, let the Holy Spirit minister to them. The question is to what does this word things refer to? Let me read it again. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. We have not seen Jesus or heaven, and so naturally these things These thoughts come into mind with this statement. But as the comments above state in the prior verses, Paul is talking about the wisdom of God. He's talking about the wisdom of God demonstrated in the good news of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. This was and still is a mystery to the unregenerated mind, but to the child of God, it's the wisdom of God revealed. Lowell Johnson writes, This often misused and misquoted verse, most of the time it is used to speak of heaven, yet the verse is not talking about 
things that we must wait until we get to heaven to enjoy. It is talking about the things that God has prepared for us, his church, that can be enjoyed and experienced now. He's talking about the wisdom of God. God gives wisdom. His every word is its own treasure of knowledge and understanding. It's this wisdom that comes from building a relationship with the word that's available to every child of God right now. Building a relationship with wisdom is building a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As we proceed further and further and deeper and deeper into this relationship with the Lord God, his voice will become clearer, more easily understood, louder. You'll knock out the background noise of the flesh. You'll be able to resist the deceits of Satan. The world will lose its appeal to you. What will be remaining will be the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. This wisdom has been prepared for us, is what that scripture says, in ages past. But now we can tap into it through the indwelling presence of God in the form of the Holy Spirit of God. Because we love God, it's available to us. But, you know, it's not just lightly accessed, right? It takes commitment. It takes intentionality. It takes study. It takes a pressing in. You know, it's a walk in the Spirit, a life of obedience to the Word of God. It requires a life that is saturated with the presence of the Word of God, a life that is Word-surrendered and Word-dominant. Once more, we must read and we must study our Bibles. We must study to show God we are serious about our Christianity. People that know me, people I sit under our classes, they always hear me talking about, you must read your Bibles every day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. We must study our Bibles. We must study to show God. That's how we show him that we are serious about knowing him. Second Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Study what? Study the word. Study the word of truth. Read your Bibles. Other translations interpret study this way. They say, give diligence, study and be eager, do your best, do all that you can do, strive diligently, make every effort. Why? To show God that you're approved unto him, that you are studying, you are learning about Jesus Christ. You must love the word of God as you love nothing else. His divine love saved you. Now we get to return that love to him. And the way that we return that love to him is the way he tells us to. And what is that? The word of God tells us how we show that love to him. John 14, 15. If you love me. Okay, what, 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 what? Keep my commandments. Ah, there it is. If you love me, obey me. Step away for a minute, if you will, in your minds, okay? And and look at the big picture. They call it the 30,000 foot view where you're looking down like out of an airplane onto what's going on. And God will always provide the will. He will always provide the way. He will always provide the instructions. And whatever else is required, it will be supplied by the Word of God. Here, the Word of God sets the standard for loving Him. Remember, if you love me, yes, keep my commandments. The Word of God sets the standard for loving Him. The vehicle by which we will love our God is obedience to the word of God. Did you get that? That is so important. Why call me Lord and do not the things I've told you to do? If you want the word of God to come alive in you, if you want the word of God to be alive in you, you must obey the word of God. When we obey the word of God, when we do 
the Word, Jesus will come alive to you from the inside out. Remember, we have this treasure in earth and vessels. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He won't just be a name on the pages of a book. He won't be a genie in the sky like we try to make him out to be. He will become part of your existence. All of his promises will begin to manifest in your life. You will actually be living what's been written. It's been written? Well, what's been written? Well, that's about you. When you obey God, you will be conforming to what's been written about you. There are always inherent promises when we obey his word, Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Once more, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let, what kind of word is let? Let is a power word in the Bible. You have authority. You have the power and you have the control over something. You have the control, in this case, whether or not the word of God will live inside you. That's your choice. That's an option. You don't get saved and all of a sudden the word of God just starts blooming inside you. You have to put it there. My former pastor, John Osteen, used to say, if you put the word of God in you when you don't need it, it will come out of you and be there when you do need it. And so you have authority, you have the power, and you have the control over whether or not this word of God will live inside you. And what's the promise? If you do, then you will receive the wisdom that's associated with that word. When the Word of God lives in you, it dwells in you richly in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It will cause you to teach others and to warn others, and that's what I'm doing now. Because the Word of God lives in me, I am teaching and I am warning. It's a time of both in the kingdom of God. We're living in the apostasy where there's danger from walking away from the God that we know. So I warn you, and I do that because the Word of God is dwelling richly in me in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Yes, it takes commitment, and it takes a study. It takes the walk in the Spirit. So then, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. Richly in you. It's in there. It's saturating you. It's wisdom that's associated with that Word. When the Word of God lives inside you, it will give you the impetus to love others for God. And one of the ways that we demonstrate that love right now is teaching them about the dangers of living in today. There are perilous times today. There are dangers to the church. There are dangers in the church. There are dangers from the church because we've let so many false things, false people, false teaching, false doctrines into the church. We've lost our spiritual discernment. How did that happen? We are not reading and studying the Word of God. That's the product of the words wisdom living inside of you. You will teach and you will warn others about the dangers. And I love the second part of that, that the Word of God will give you a new song. Psalm 40, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. So look at that. This new song, your relationship with God, causes you to sing, causes you to rejoice, causes you to have a heart of psalms and making melody in that heart towards the Lord. He has put a new song in my mouth, even presence of my God, and that will cause many to see that you have a relationship with God, your new life. You have a new life with a new Lord, and it will cause others to fear God, and they will trust him just because of your life. It's your witness. 
There's actually several references to God putting a new song in us, but this one's my favorite. It's a song that praises God, so much so that many will see it. Your song, your singing about him and to him, it will have the effect of causing others to fear the Lord and learning to trust in him. It's our witness, this song. We talk about the things we love. Well, we sing about them as well. Amen. John fifteen seven. if you will abide in me, and if my words will abide in you, you shall ask what you will, it shall be done unto you. Notice the connection here. And it's most important, if you abide, in other words, if you remain, if you live, if you stay connected, all describe a new life of partnership with Christ. We have moved out from the old man and into the new man, Christ Jesus. We have left behind the sin and the lust and whatever really the sin that so easily beset us, and we are now joined to Christ. My new man is joined to Christ. I am alive in Christ. Christ is alive in me. If you abide in me, if you, that's me, yes, abide in me, if you remain in him, yes, and if his words remain in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. I love this. God's going to trust his kingdom with my will. Why? Because if his word lives in me and I live in him, then he knows that my thinking is being conformed to his will. His will and my will are the same. Amen? We have left behind the sin. We've left behind the lust. We've left behind the sin that so easily beset us. Now we're joined to Christ. Awaiting us in this new union is a new lifestyle. A lifestyle that benefits and it has requirements, and your existence is no longer fueled by the demands of the old life, the life of the flesh. Life in Christ demands a new diet. We no longer eat the appetites that fulfill the lust of the flesh, but now we're eating spirit food. The menu has changed because the lifestyle has changed, right? We no longer eat to satisfy our flesh, We now dine on the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. We eat his flesh as he told us to. We drink his blood as he told the disciples at the Last Supper to. His word must remain in us if we are to remain in him. It's the word of God which we eat and drink, which is all alive and all powerful. Hallelujah. If we are to live in him, his word must. It must remain in us. It must live in us. It must abide in us in us just as we abide in him. We're not just a warehouse or a storehouse or a place where the word of God is kept. We are now a place where the word of God is enacted, where it's lived out, where it's demonstrated. Amen. Hallelujah. We are now a place where the word of God is alive, so much so that others can see it. We put it to work as it works in us, that which is pleasing to God. We are a factory, as it were, The word in us is literally Christ in action all over again as when he walked the earth. I love it. It's where love is produced, wisdom is found, power is revealed, and grace is shown. It's so good. James 1.22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Look at that. When you are only listening to the word and not enacting the word of God, you're deceiving yourselves, James says. Yes, this word must come alive in us to be effective. Not just for us, but for others as well. God won't put in you, but what he wants to get out of you. You understand that? God won't put in you, but what he wants to get out of you. The things he's placed in you are not just for you, they're for others. Message translation, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other ear. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act 
are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. There are several reasons we are dedicating this early part and most likely the entire year to this teaching on not just hearing the word, but on doing the word. There is a huge failure in the church on how we respond to the teaching of the word of God. Yes, there's also a failure to preach it properly as well. But for us, that ends. That ends now. One doesn't study the Bible or hear a sermon in leisure. Studying the word of God is done from a position of attentiveness a position of expectation. Our antenna are up. Our spirits are about to be fed. Changes are about to be enacted in in our hearts. Growth is coming and our hearts must be ready to receive this growth. Our minds thinking must be altered. We're going to continue with that thought when we come back next week. It's just so important. I want you to consider making a commitment to not just read the word, not just study the word, but let it become alive in your life. Practice the word of God Try to love somebody that you couldn't love. Try to forgive somebody that you couldn't forgive and talk to God about it and learn and grow and see if you do not become just like the Word of God. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.